This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. Thanks for downloading and listening to part one. If you're still on your Thanksgiving trip, sorry if you're not an angler and you're stuck listening to me in the car. So why am I even up here at this Disneyland-esque artificial fishery? How did this all begin? Well, the Salmon River, if you've never heard of it, have no idea where it is. It is west of New York City by several hours and it's just where New York and the top right part of Lake Ontario meet. I take Route 81, which goes up and down the entire east coast of the United States, and it goes through that Cumberland Valley, which Mike Heck and I discussed in his podcast several months ago, where the limestone follows that Cumberland Valley. And I take it up, and the first major city you're going to find is Syracuse. Syracuse was founded because there's salt deposits there. It's a very historic place, and the animals found it before the people did. And then you go little bit north and then you get the salmon river the salmon river crosses 81 and then the next major town is watertown where fort drum the army base is and then you get canada and why are these fish here to begin with well it all starts with the erie canal why well they built the erie canal and herring and alewives love to migrate as far up as they can go and i'm going to go on a long quick rant here so once they built the erie canal you have the hudson river alewives and Blueback herring got up into the Great Lakes, and well, they proliferated up there. There weren't a whole lot of predators at the time. You got walleye, you got lake trout, and some other fish, but these things produce like rabbits. They make a lot of them, and they started flourishing. However, they are ocean-going fish, and they're missing an amino acid in their freshwater diet that will kill them, and at some point, all these fish died off in the 1960s. Now, you already had some steelhead that were planted in there in the 1800s that were eating them, but the people of the Great Lakes, they wanted something a little more voracious and something that they could reproduce in mass numbers to go eat these fish, and that would then die off after a couple of years of being alive, and they wouldn't become some hideous, invasive, monstrous fish. So the idea was put Pacific salmon in the Great Lakes, in the 1960s, you had massive fish die-offs. The alewives and herring would die in the billions, and they'd wash up on shore in giant piles and use bulldozers to clear them off, and it was this horrific, smelly mess. Somebody figured out, we're going to put Chinook or King Salmon and Coho or Silver Salmon into the Great Lakes. We'll put them in the rivers that feed them. They'll swim down thinking their river is a Pacific Coast river feeding into the ocean. So they think the Great Lakes are their Pacific Ocean, and they go out and they eat for four years, and they swim back up and spawn and die. 
So these salmon now have been in the Great Lakes for a long time. Now the Salmon River got its name from Atlantic salmon because the Great Lakes are also connected to the St. Lawrence Seaway that divides us from Canada. And the Atlantic salmon would historically come in, they'd migrate, go up Salmon River as far as they could go to the waterfalls, and they'd go out. And now, humans had to come along and pretty much ruin everything. They had to overfish it, they had to do their industrial revolution with their poisonous chemicals, their mills and dams, and they started damming up the river. So now you've got this huge reservoir, and that feeds in to the downriver section, and then there's the huge Salmon River Falls. And then that feeds into a smaller reservoir, which is used for hydroelectric power. So they'll run the water based on how much electricity they need, and that dictates the flow of the river. So the river is only a certain amount of miles from that dam down that these fish can migrate. They can swim up and hit tributaries and go up and above and around the reservoir as far as they can go. The first couple of miles of the river, first you have where it meets the lake is a big marshy estuary. Then you've got private property that you have to pay to fish. And then you have all this public section that's fly, spin, cast, lure, bait, whatever. And then you've got the Altmar Bridge. And everything from the Altmar Bridge up is fly fishing for about three quarters of a mile. And then it's a wildlife sanctuary for about another mile. And then you get another three quarters of a mile plus of fly fishing only water. And then that's it. Most of the fly anglers like to prefer above Altmar. And this is why I go up because all these fish, they don't belong there, but they get huge and they come back and the salmon come back and they're laying billions of eggs. And the steelhead are there not only to eat the eggs that the salmon are spitting out when they're spawning, but every time a salmon makes its nest, also known as a red, they're going to kick up all sorts of helgramites, mayflies, stoneflies, caddisflies, crest bugs, mice, shrimps, scuds, anything that's swimming down there that a steelhead can eat, it's going to eat what these salmon pick up and kick with their tails. You have to remember, salmon don't eat when they go up rivers. If they were to continue feeding by these billions of fish, they would deplete the river that they're gonna then spawn in, and their children would have really nothing left to eat except whatever grows out of the decaying parents' bodies. So I go after the salmon are gone. So these things are eating eggs. Most of the crowds are gone. A lot of people go deer hunting, and there should just be the few diehard weirdos that are gonna stand in a river hanging out with other people all day, and just fishing. That's about it. That's what we're doing up there. And now I'm going to continue on with my stories from the Salmon River 2023. I'm just leaving the parking lot, lower fly zone about 12:45, and, and nothing's going on so i've got plenty of time to walk back to my car i can tell you that my lunch was great hot dog bun warmed up over a bunch of coals with some turkey sausage it's quite good and a cold coke hey don't have to worry about my drinks warming up out here like i do when i'm on the boat in the summer you have to worry about them freezing out here it's the opposite so nothing's really been going on a couple of caught here and there my shoulders are killing me. I had access to the top of this beach. We had some good swinging water. We're throwing a big graboid style intruder fly. And I think my back and shoulder are tired of a 10 foot eight weight with split shot and about, I don't know, like a 375, 400 grain line. So went back to the car, grabbed some Gatorade, Grab some more water. Got my 11 foot eight weight Helio switch rod with my old Orvis Batten Kill 5. Like a 525 grain Skagit head on there. And then that goes to about two to three feet of 40 pound amnesia to 30 pound to 20 pound to swivel to 10. And I think I'm gonna go maybe try 2X now. Maybe I'm gonna get a better drift on these smaller flies with a thinner diameter line. Still trying to adjust everything. Either the fish are there and they're not biting or they're not there. We can't tell, but it's a beautiful sunny day and I'm just glad it's not below freezing and everything would be frozen and 
my hands would hurt. After this walk, I'm definitely gonna be warmed up. I'm gonna put in a couple of miles today, get some of the meatloaf out of my pores. If you're keeping track now, I've had meatloaf on Wednesday night for dinner, Thursday night for dinner, Friday in a sandwich on the drive up, Friday night for dinner, and then I had it on Saturday night for dinner, and now it is Sunday. Orvis, I'm moving around a lot. I'm sweating. The meatloaf sweats, they're not coming through that breathable membrane you got going on these pro waders. You need to send those back to repairs and reconfigurations and make them meat sweat breathable. Meatloaf sweat breathable. So now it's Sunday afternoon. My shoulder's tired from throwing this 10-foot rod. I'm going to go to a much easier casting 11-foot rod with a much heavier line. It's going to make things easier. It's going to make my shoulders feel better. And we're going to start swinging some flies and we're going to start hooking some fish. This is the plan for the afternoon on Sunday. We got this thing. We know what's going to happen any minute now. All right, so the fishing hasn't been that great this afternoon. Honestly, the only thing I touched in the afternoon was some weird sucker fish that I foul-hooked and dragged in, all weird-looking. And the two brothers were looking at me like, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. The weird thing was I, I released this fish, and it's just sitting there in the shallows. It won't move. I'm taking pictures of it. I'm getting up close. It's just sitting there, half-exposed, dazed. Finally, I started poking it, and it swam off. So that was pretty much it. I didn't get into any other action. There was nothing biting for the rest of the day. And Jason seemed to be the one who had the best action out of all of us. So more power to him. We decided to pack it up at sunset and just head back to the hotel and grab some dinner. Because the night before we couldn't get a seat. And now we're doing our second sunrise to sunset. And we're going to go back, hang out for a bit, and um, see what happens. But I think I'm going to order some takeout. And I'm going to go to the bar and see if I meet anybody at the bar tonight. Because last night, I was down there. I met Scott Hunter from Vitavu Gear. So who are we going to see tonight? I don't know. Get this on. Oh. All right, first introduce yourselves, and then we'll find out what the hot fly was today. Uh, Kevin McKay from Maine, Maine, Maine Fishing Adventures. Not your first time on the podcast. <laughs> I'm his now wife, Stacy oh, McKay. Mazel tov. Yeah, oh, yeah, we got married in September 30th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Is that an easy date to remember? It, Last day yeah. of fishing season in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> and who are you? Uh, Zach Pierce. And where are you out of? Bar Harbor, Maine. Bahaba. Bahaba. Yeah, pretty much. If you have a Down East accent, you know, okay. that, that's just goes for, or a Boston accent. All right. One. The hot fly today was a swung chartreuse stonefly? It was a chartreuse stonefly. Um, actually got him on the swing, and I'm not a swinger. I tried to get Stace to be a swinger, but she's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> she's a nympher. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it was chartreuse tail, chartreuse body, pheasant tail back. And I was swinging them, and they were smashing them today. Right on. What Scott rod were you using? I was using the, what was I using? The switch rod, the T, T3H, I think it's called. It's an older model. Okay. But it's a five weight. I fish a five weight on the river, and people uh, usually give me shit for it, but I land them faster than most. So. That's when they're in, unlike today. No. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your encounter with Karen on the river? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Major Karen. So we got here, drove through the night. The guys walked in at 3.30 in, in the morning. I stayed in the truck, slept, came in just before it was legal time to fish. He met me, walked me in. I'm literally rigging up my rod and this guy steps out like right in front of where we were setting up. So I go out there and I'm still lining my rod, trying to find a, a fly and make some comment about, you know, yeah, I hate people like you. I'm so sick of people like you, you know, insinuating that, you know, we're taking in a whole entire area that we can't just claim one spot as ours for the day. We're not allowed to do that. And I'm like, look, dude, I was literally in this spot, but on shore, rigging up my rod. He just 
didn't want anything to do with it. I don't care what you were doing. I'm sick of people like you. I'm like, and, and the funny, the too. funny thing was, I was kind of upriver and I was trying to yell at him, and then she was over yelling me. So I just, <laughs> so I just didn't say anything. She, was, she had it. I'm pretty sure you went back to fishing. I just went back to fishing because she, she had the situation taken care of. She wasn't letting letting the guy creep into her yeah, spot. I, I was enjoying ground. everything from shore. You <laughs> said you were sleeping in the truck. That's the UPS brown truck? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, no. No. No, but um, no, his, his forerunner. <laughs> so with all your years of advice here, what would you tell yourself 10, 15 plus years ago before you were experienced here? What's a, something that's a, a good learning trick hack? What would you tell your younger self? Well, I mean, I get the, my boys are out here, even though they've been out here since 11. It, like I fished with my youngest last two weeks ago here. My oldest is here right now. It's almost like they've never fished here before, which is kind of cool. So, it's, so I'm watching them, even though they've fished and caught fish, dad's not there holding their hand. So it's kind of like what you're talking about. So they're coming and experience every, everything. And I would say... Like, when you come here, you could expect to fish around people, right? We, like, in Maine, when we're fishing, when Zach's down in Bar Harbor fishing, there's no people. See, I don't know what that is because so, I live in a right, you're from metropolitan DC. area. So, so for, for, but, like, I talk to people all the time, and they're like, I don't want to go see them wherever there's people. I said, you got to go there expecting people, mm-hmm. but most people are really nice. Yeah, most So when you're setting, yeah. like, normally, like, when we're setting in the dark... You know, you've been it's there. You, you, Conversation. In, in couple, so, so the room that you, like, say there's a spot, you're on the gravel bar where, where you were fishing below us. Mm-hmm. And you get there at 4 in the morning. You can't fish until 622. Where are you from? I'm from D.C. Oh, I'm from Maine. Oh, where in Maine? I got family in Maine. Oh, I got family in D.C. And you start shooting the shit with people. And then if you come year after year, like, that's how you, you saw me fishing from across the river. Yeah, for years. For years. Right, and you reached out. Hey, I've been fishing across from you know for years, and that's what Salmon River is about. It's it's the bite when you hook a steelhead, and that head shake is that's it. It's not about putting the fish in the net. It's that bite, and they shake the head, and you're like, like Zach was talking today. I hate nymphing. I don't. This is the, my least favorite part of fishing. Yep. But when he hooked up on, he did hook a big steelhead. And he's like, this is why I like doing this, <laughs> right? But, I mean, like, you, I watched you guys on the gravel bar. You guys had a fire going. Yeah. It it's wasn't about the fish. Today. Yeah, you want to have that head shake and hook the fish. But the kid above you that with a yellow jacket that... That kid was cleaning up, Will. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he's a, he's a young kid. We saw him the day before. He was hooking some fish. Yeah. It's, it's that... The people that you meet on the river, even though we're all crowded there. It's all part of the adventure. So when she runs into a guy and, and he says, people like you, well, dude, you don't know us because we shoot the shit with everyone on the... I'm passing out flies most of the time. Well, that was... That so was so that's an comments. insult when you say it's yeah. people like you. Yes, we get there early. We get the spot. But if you were fishing below us and you were, like, nice, we're like, dude, come on up and try it. Yeah. That's probably what we would have said. Yeah. Especially if we were into fish and you weren't into fish. Yeah, we were really crowding all day with the guys that were up by us. Yeah, it turns out the right. two brothers grew up with somebody I know from DC. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I met town. UPS driver. I mean, if you listen to the podcast where I was on this with you, I'm a UPS driver also and a guide in Maine. You remember that now? <laughs> you know, I was like, you have to go up these crazy driveways. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but so, so. I'm out here one time years ago, and I'm standing out, you know, I'm listening to these guys talk. And I'm like, where do you guys work? I'm a feeder driver in New York. I'm a, I'm a UPS driver. I'm like, dude, I'm a UPS driver in Maine. Well, I see them every year. Like, I got their phone numbers now. Hey, you out in New York? Are you at Salmon River? So I'll hang up. We'll, we'll, we'll go in and fish with them because they'll get in there in a spot, like, and they'll lock down the spot. At like two in the morning. I'm not going at two in the morning. Oh, yeah. Only reason we got I'm there. I'm tapping out. The I'm only reason we got at three thirty. We got in there so early is because we drove through the night. Right. 
so we happened to get at the river at 3.30, and there was no one in one of the spots. We're like, frigate, let's go get in the spot. Yep. And, and that's part of the fun, too. Like, Zach and I are in there. We got a little fire going. We're shooting the shit, talking, rigging our lines. That's, that's part of the fun, I think, too. <laughs> you know, so... I know. Sorry to ramble on. I get that's all right. <laughs> There's people waiting for this podcast, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Thanksgiving's coming up. What is your favorite side that you can't wait to? I tell have you, I'm going to tell you what it isn't. <laughs> it's not green it bean is. casserole, and that is my favorite. <laughs> that is her that favorite. Is that is favorite. not my favorite. We can we can bypass one. turkey. We can bypass <laughs> stuffing. We can bypass potato. Like if we just serve green bean casserole, I'm in. That's like, even stuffing. I'm in. I try yeah. to eat stuffing throughout the year, and people are like, "You don't want to have a roast chicken and stuff." <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't awesome. know what my favorite side is. I don't. Th- Thanksgiving is just an excuse to eat everything that's out there. So. Yeah. And then usually that's I true. eat too many snacks that when you go to eat the turkey, I'm so friggin' full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That I can't enjoy the turkey. I have to do the Kobayashi shake. (laughs) It's true. What's your favorite? Just stuffing, I guess. I mean, I just eat everything. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be a lot pickier than I am now, but I've tried a couple things and, you know, we're good. All right, Jason, what's your favorite side? I make a... I make some uh, bad badass green beans with bacon on top and everything, so I can handle that. Like if you, you, put, you don't bacon. Oh, oh, bacon. Bacon. I have a, I have a front like, over the years. I'm putting oil on top to when you when you like steam them and stuff. Yeah. You use bacon grease also. Just do it all up. <laughs> and that's a flavor caramelized right there. Years ago, now we used to do a. It's called the annual freeze up. The first Sunday of January, a shit ton of us would get together and give away a Scott fly rod. We did it for like 10 years. Well, this guy would show up and he'd bring this stuff he'd call crack. And it was water, it was a water crest nut. It was white powder. Water <laughs> it was white powder. Water crest nut wrapped in bacon instead of a scallop. And then he had some type of I've like. I've seen that on social media. Some recently. type of sauce on it. I can't remember. So we made that last. We made that for Thanksgiving last really? year. Canned water chestnuts. Yeah. Yeah. And you wrap it yeah. in bacon and then yeah, there's, just, there's some type of like, like a huge that. hit. It was good. It, that, okay. It's amazing. Yeah, it really he called really it crack good. and it, you can't, it really you just crack. eat them well, all. I, sure. We went into the Orvis store. They were having a special event and it was just full of people and was out loud just like, hey, I'm trying to get ingredients for crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone turned around and was just like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I waited for them to. Yeah, it's the only place you can do that's that. That's a good one. Yeah, that is like everybody listening should that. go prank their fly I'm shop. I'm totally doing that. Yeah. I gotta remember It'd that. Do the recipe for crystal meth. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> what kind of front is this? Exactly. <laughs> What's the strangest roadkill you saw driving here? Oh gosh, it's strangest. I don't. I mean, saw a deer in town. That's it. I think that's the only thing that we've seen. I saw a zebra at a farm Shut on the way up. up really? It wasn't roadkill. It wasn't yeah, roadkill. Oh, I was going to say. I'm no. like, wait a so, minute. That was last year in Maryland. There were like zebras that got out. I saw Someone the, hit one? We don't see possums so. in Maine. So when we were here for a week, I'm driving along and I'm like, it looked like I couldn't see its legs. So it looked like a, like a stuffed animal, like someone yeah. was pulling across the road. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what the? <laughs> Stace, that's a possum. <laughs> Why do they not live there? There's no. I, I think the like, southern. I think southern Maine has possums. I feel like they? replace. Like, I grew up in Massachusetts. You see possums quite a bit. Okay. I feel like replace possums with porcupines in Maine. He, or raccoons. Yeah, yeah. Or raccoons. Yeah. There's porcupines been, everywhere. Yeah. In Maine. And they move really slow. In the, yeah. They're like one of the fewest. Or I think they're one of the only animals that a human can outrun. They're really slow. <laughs> so they're, good I've heard know. that. I've heard that. I don't quote me. They're in sloths. The, yeah, them yeah. is lost, yeah. I'll get a porcupine <laughs> story. Stace and I are sleeping in our tent. Oh my gosh. And it's an Ella Bean, it's like an Ella Bean tent with like a the like a porch. So it's like a screened in area. Yeah, in so, front of- so we're sleeping and I can hear something. So I I turn on the the headlamp. It's the Blair Witch. And, <laughs> and, and, and so from me to you. There's a porcupine, porcupine, and the only thing separating us is a screen. Yeah. And, and I'm, we both look at look at this thing, and we're like, I just turned the light off, and went back to bed. Well, it was one of those. I things think it hit. Like, the, I think it hit the tent and right. walked around, 
and it, it was opening because we'd had the screened it. We didn't have that porch closed in, and it went in, and it was poking its head like it was just. And then it so probably and it found its way through off. the little porch, and then just went out. Like we'll, we'll shut the light. I mean, off. I It'll was like, away, I was probably like a foot away from this porcupine. It's like the skunks on Martha's <laughs> Vineyard. They just walk. They, they just brush against yeah. your tent at night. Oh boy! Like I went to take a leak and I opened the tent and there were probably eight or nine just looking at me, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like zip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go pee. I'll hold Find it. A bottle. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, and boy. then, God, it's like you couldn't leave your tent at night. They were everywhere. That's oh crazy. There's a UPS story. I'll go to deliver. I'm delivering to this lady. I walk up on her porch. <laughs> And she has all these bowls of food out for cats. I walk up on the porch, put the package down. I see this black and white cat, knock on the door, and I look, and it's a skunk eating the cat food. <laughs> I, I flew off that porch. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. When's the next time you're all coming up here? March. I'll be back in March. Yeah. I usually come in March, and then I'll come with my son. She won't come because it's, it's brutally cold. Yeah. cold. I just want to see cold. the lake effect snow. I usually try to get out of here. I've been here. I've been here like on like this weekend over the years, and had to get out of here. We've usually gotten dumped on. We got dumped on a couple times. We woke up with 15 inches of snow one morning. We yeah. came up. I like, usually, oh, if I hear the snow, I get out of here because I got to work on Monday or yeah. Tuesday, yeah. whatever. So I try to get out of here. I'd rather get just snowed in. It doesn't snow where I live, so it's just cool to see it up here. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We get too much of it, so it's not cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's why you drive to Florida. Yeah. We drive, we get down to Florida, but we got to get back. Like next weekend, we got to close in the tiki bar. We got to close, put our boats away, because there'll be snow in the week after. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's already snowed once, right? Yeah, well, you guys we probably got more than more than us. When we, we were, when we were here fishing for a week, Maine got hit with yeah. freezing rain and snow. It didn't last. You got a couple of tropical storms <laughs> here <laughs> as well. It was windy. Take it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. A lot of wind and rain this year. That's for sure. A lot and of smoke. rain. Yeah. Smoke from Canada. Yeah. Wow. That oh was, yeah. That's that's true. Weird. That started summer oddly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we're, one last time, where can we find you online? Uh, MainFishingAdventures.com or MainFlyFish.com. All right. Works for me. We'll see you guys next time. Right. Good seeing you. Thank you. And so to summarize what's been going on this evening, we come back, we start relaxing, we start chilling, we're hanging out. It's time to get food. I decide I'm just going to get takeout that night. So... Like I said, I went down to the bar to order my food, and I'd been texting with Kevin, and there they were. So two nights in a row, I met somebody at the bar that I knew. Scott from Vitavu Gear the night before, and now I met these two. It's a small world how you just bump into people at the bar in Altmar. And after having that conversation, what do you think Jason and I started tying for the rest of the evening? If Jason caught his three fish that morning on chartreuse stoneflies and kevin hooked his fish on chartreuse stoneflies looks like jason and i are sitting down this evening and we're gonna tie ourselves a bunch of stoneflies now i've got a belly full of meatloaf again and i'm hunched over my little vice sitting on a stool on the radiator super uncomfortable but my back's a little better because you know i was throwing the bigger two-handed rod today and what do you think i start tying chartreuse stoneflies i'm doing heavy nymph hooks i'm doing curved scud hooks i'm doing size 10 jig hooks and size 12 jig hooks i am using tails made of pheasant tails i'm making tails out of chartreuse goose biots my bodies are everything from mirage flashaboo to chartreuse d-rib to chartreuse thread and i've got chartreuse wire i'm using all the iterations of pretty much everything i can to come up with some funky looking chartreuse stone flies i've got some with rubber legs i got some without rubber legs i got some with chartreuse beads i got some with black beads a little bit of mixture of everything i tie up just under 20 maybe 18 of them stick them in a little baggie Go stick those in my waders, and then we just hang out, and we continue watching some NFL and a little Tosh.0. Oh. 
We always watch a little Tosh.0 on these trips. But when it starts getting disgusting, that's when we went back to the NFL. So for the rest of the evening, we had the football going on and some quiet fly tying and an early night to bed. And the things you discuss when you're watching football on a Sunday with a full belly is what time do we get up tomorrow? Where are we going to fish tomorrow? What side of the river are we going to go to? Are you packing up now or packing up in the morning and leaving? Or are you going to leave early? So we got to figure out the logistics. And I'm just so tired. I should have interviewed Jason and we should have discussed this for y'all to hear. But maybe it's just quicker me telling you that brief version. So that's it. We're going to go pack up our gear, get everything ready. All of our layers assembled in reverse order. So I can go long john base layer, medium long johns, heavier socks, T-shirt, long sleeve shirt, heavier long sleeve shirt, something else, a hoodie. I think my vest was under the hoodie. And then my big puff jacket. That's how we layer for the day. Good morning. It's a little later than normal, 7.30, just in my car. We're scraping ice off it. It was supposed to be a low of 35 today, and we woke up and it's 23. Everything is covered in frost, and we figure today Monday, most people are going to be gone. So we didn't have to rush in to find our spot, which we're headed to now. We're just going to fish the same spot. We got the beach. It's comfortable. That sandy rock bar. We can go get the mini solo stove going and make some hot food. And Jason's going to fish till about four and take off. And I'll probably leave the river at the same time, come back and pack my stuff because I'm going to head home tomorrow morning. Late morning, probably. Maybe early afternoon. We'll see but it's cold today my fingertips already hurt i've got my electric vest i got my solo stove i've got plenty of layers so hopefully it starts to warm up and hopefully we have the place to ourselves i'm not going to enjoy walking in carrying the metal net that's going to make my fingertips a little numb but we're gonna have a good time this is steelheading is got a good night's sleep got to sleep in got a whole bunch of chartreuse nymphs we're going to start throwing and let's see how the day goes i just mentioned that net and i haven't mentioned it a whole lot since other than saying it was a jinx to pick it up when Jason hooked into a fish. So on Friday, I, I got my old Fraybill net. It's got this extended handle on it, big basket. You can catch, catch crazy people in it, like in old time movies. And I hooked that fish up in the lower fly zone. And Jason comes by with the net to scoop it up. And he goes to grab it. And like the whole part he's holding just pops off. And it turns out the extender part just wasn't attached anymore and just popped out of the whole center so now he's only got this half net three foot handle with this big basket on it to grab the fish and it was just super awkward but those metal nets get super cold to the touch and your fingertips are the only parts on your or at least me that are exposed at the moment and there's frost out and stuff and i just don't want my fingertips getting that cold that early so i was trying to avoid that and I don't think I even talked about how much we wiped out in those previous two mornings walking to the river in the dark. First morning with no light, really, except for Jason's emergency lamp. And then the second morning, uh, we had headlamps and stuff, but we, we each, you know, one morning completely ate it on exposed roots that we couldn't see. And just the amount of layers we have on, it's so difficult to move. I'm like the Michelin man trying to walk around on that shoreline. And one thing we didn't bring this morning was chairs jason brought his and he broke his i just completely forgot mine i had the net my rods my bag i just completely forgot good afternoon it is 12 45 it's 38 degrees feels like 31 humidity 67 dew point 28 winds east 10 and we have some snow flurries coming through with mixed sun and clouds so we're getting a little bit of everything right now the first fish i hooked was in a big riffle today and that was on a pink and orange graboid style intruder big fish came up spit the hook as soon as the fight started and then jason was above me he hooked a big i thought he was on right now but he's snagged Jason hooked a nice steelhead on a red Estaz egg and lost it. You know, we got here a little late and the place was crowded. And right now, I'd say there are probably 10 people where we are. We got here, now there's three of us total. 
it's cleared out a lot. I don't understand how people are sitting out here at nine in the morning when it's 28 degrees and putting away beers like they do. It's just cold. So I already did some sausage on the stove and I already did lentil soup. It was pretty good trying to just fuel myself to stay warm. My fingertips are the only thing that's cold. It's kind of nice when the sun comes out. All those flies I tied last night, I promptly lost within about 10 minutes of fishing. They probably just fell out of my waders and floated downstream, so hopefully I made somebody's day. The fly I did tie last night, I had a couple in my box, which was just a pheasant tail, mylar body wrapped with black medium wire, and then just a chartreuse dubbed head and a small 3.2 millimeter black bead. I think Jason's about to break off his leader again. There have been a couple of rocks that they just snap your whole leader off and you have to re-rig. But it's nice to come back and get something hot to eat. Yep, he's coming back. So that fish, we got to the net. Jason missed it and it popped off and swam away. So that counts. And then I swung one up on flashback soft tackle pheasant's tail. Take your whole leader. Whole leader. So Jason's gonna sit down. While he's doing that, I'm gonna go myself and swing through this giant hole. I've got on just a flashback soft tackle fly right now and I might go back to the pheasant tail. So the plan was all chartreuse nymphs and I lost all chartreuse nymphs. So I'm throwing other stuff. But I'm convinced there's fish here today. Not a whole lot of people are hooking up, but I'm convinced they're in here. All right, so check this out. Catching fish and landing fish up here, completely different scenarios. I'm trying to give producer Jason as much space as he can because I want him to get a fish in the net, go home, show his kids a nice picture of him with his big steelhead. So I start fishing the water. I hadn't really been fishing the whole weekend, and this is a big riffle. I normally like a big riffle. There's big rocks in there, and fish can hide, and there's lots of oxygen, and birds can't see them, and... That's usually where you're going to catch fish. And I just hadn't really been able to fish that. I've been fishing a little bit slower, slow nymph in water where people have all been throwing bobbers the whole weekend. I didn't want to do that. So I go downriver from Jason, and that's where I finally find some big swinging water. I got my big 11-foot switch rod. Makes it much easier. So I start off with that pink and orange graboid, and I've got the right amount of weight, and I'm chucking it downstream. It's going across the current, kind of pumping my rod a little bit as it goes. And I finally get that one bite and it comes up to the surface and pop, spits my hook, which is no fun for me, but at least I know there's some fish in there and I finally got some action. It's a cold morning and I'm finally warming up. And the cold thing is I still have some hot charcoal on my solo stove. So I'll cut a little piece of turkey sausage and I'll put it on there and I'll go fish for a bit and then I can come back and it's already heated up and crispy and ready to, to warm me up inside. So I take off that graboid and I put on that yellow estazy looking stone fly with the Korean scrub yarn on it. So it's more of a Korean scrubby yarn looking fly. And sure enough, out in the middle is where I hook into my next fish. And I finally get that fish right up to shore. Now I got a big rod. I'm using side pressure. I pull it into the current. Now I got trees over me, so I got to watch out. My rod doesn't get caught in them. And just as Jason's about to land this fish, and granted, it's super dark out. He doesn't have polarized glasses on. The net is black. The water's black. These fish are made to blend in at six inches of water. You can't see anything. And we do not get to land the fish. That's when Jason's upriver, and then he hooks his fish on the red fly, pops off. At least now we are hooking fish. It's the last day. We've been out here for I don't know how long. If we stayed out here for another week or so, we might actually figure this thing out. Figure out the flies that are working and the speed and the depth, which is why I go up there for as long as I can because you try to figure things out and not everyone's going to be catching fish. And the more people out there, the fewer chances they're going to eat your fly. And this stretch I'm in, I've got mostly to myself. So after Jason loses his fish, I warm up, I go back down here and I start throwing my favorite one, the one that Tom would always fish, a pheasant tail. And Tom's thinking about moving from Colorado at some point in a couple of years. And he's thinking New York. And, and, you know, 
I'm more than obliged to move up to New York and, and do some fishing with Tom. He would know what to do right now. So maybe we'll move up and be neighbors with Tom on some big farm in a couple of years. I don't know, but that would be pretty cool. As long as there's fish nearby and, and I can fish some tailwaters in the winter. So we're back to the fishing. I'm fishing this waist deep, bubbly riffle, and I'm swinging through this pheasant tail, size 12, soft hackle, which Tom never fished, and I hooked this big steelhead. And I'm confident on my 1X, I'm gonna land it, and I, I'm not fearing fighting it, I'm just pretending it's like a, a big Potomac blue catfish, and not this glorious steelhead I traveled all the way to get to. I, I'm doing it slow, methodical, doing some box breathing, making sure I'm calm, I'm away from the tree branches. Jason finally comes down with half a net. He finally gets a chance, he scoops up the fish, and we grab it, and we start hollering. I start hollering. I gave Jason a big hug, and then we started doing the picture thing. But I had it on video, because I wanted to take some good screenshots of stills I can do from the movie. Well, sure enough, that fish was super slippery, and I promptly dropped it. So there's some great stills of me with a moving fish, and that's about it. But I was able to get some screenshots, and I can share it. Beautiful, big steelhead. And it was just such a quick moment. I don't really remember a whole lot, which is why I like to get the whole thing on video, to capture it for later use. And I don't know what Tom would keep doing for the rest of the day, but we worked. And this is still early morning, and Jason's getting a little cold early, so I got questions about that. Uh, I think his old waders finally caught up with him. There's still a huge hole that he had a patch from when we were up here in 2019 under that huge cold spell when he got a hole in his waders from burning embers. So that's the fish that we caught. Where we caught him, riffly water. And I sent client Steve a screenshot of that exact riffle with a little red drawn map up to where he can go and find that riffle. And Steve, if you're doing this later this week, use a pheasant tail in there. What is going on? All right, it's 234. It's 40 degrees, feels like 35. It's really dark out right now. There's clouds that have rolled in and it's just, it's hard to see with my yellow glasses on. I have only hooked one fish that was on a yellow scrub yarn with a black bodied stonefly. I'm gonna say it was a bad knot. I don't think I broke it off. I think it pulled through. Jason hasn't hooked up in hours. He's actually left. We think he's got a hole in his waders. So he has walked back to the hotel to go defrost, shower, pack and check out. I'm gonna give this another hour and a half or so. I'm using mostly nymphs now. Eggs haven't worked at all for me today. Crystal meth, nothing. Sucker spawns, nothing. Glow bugs, nothing. So the only thing that really worked for me have been stoneflies, stonefly mayflies, and the intruder. So I'm gonna keep trying to go through the permutations of what these fish might want. You still gotta play with your depth, your speed, the direction you're standing. Are you perpendicular to shore? Are you angled to the shore and downstream? How fast is the water? Are there rocks around you? What's the bubble flow line telling you? I can tell you my hands are coldest today than they've been the last couple of days up here. So yeah, keep doing this, keep trying. There's only two people above me and there's one guy down below me where I hooked the fish, three fish earlier. So I wouldn't mind if he skedaddled so I could roll on in. Then I think I would hit some fly shops go to the bar for dinner, pack my stuff, and just chill for the rest of the night, maybe tie up some more chartreuse stoneflies. But that's about it. It's like just rinse and repeat here. I'm just here to fish and catch fish. I'm having a good time, but I'd rather there be more fish biting. So it's about 3.15, and I'm pretty much done. I didn't see anything. No one's really catching anything. It's just a bunch of loud seagulls squawking. They sound like a bunch of broken swing sets going back and forth. There's a guy in the hole, you can hear him splashing now. That's where I caught my first three fish today. I was hoping to get back in there, but he's in there. And I figure I'm just gonna go take off all my layers. Hopefully I find all those flies in there. If not, I'm gonna go to Melinda's to get some more chartreuse D-rib. And I'm gonna crank out some more and just have a, a long afternoon chilling in the hotel get up not too late tomorrow fish for about four hours and then head home 
So let's leave the river now and I'll catch up with you. We're gonna see where the evening goes. I probably sound a little funny to you right now. It's because I'm laid out on the floor because my back really hurts. The two-handed fishing was supposed to be easier on the body. For me, something went wrong and bending over to replace all the flies I lost today was not helping me. So I came back here, unpacked, delayered, got dressed in my civvies, went down to Melinda's. If it was warmer, I probably would have walked, but it's like 37 degrees. So I drove. I did not pick up anything on my shopping list, but I got some nice blood marabou packs, some chenille for tying woolly buggers, and some nice orange schlappen and an ostrich plume because, I mean, I'm always going to need chartreuse ostrich plumes. I'm going to go down to the restaurant in about 30 minutes, eat dinner. I've bumped into somebody I've known the last two nights, so let's see if tonight we bump into somebody I know. It's a small world up here. We're going to try and tie some flies. The thing that was working today were the chartreuse nymphs. I'm not so mad that I lost all those nymphs this morning. It's more of that I wanted to know if my creativity was going to catch fish or not to see if they were down with what I made. And I didn't get to do that. So I'm trying to replicate some of those flies now. Hopefully I made someone's day when they found two dozen flies, I don't know, 18 flies or something floating down the river right at them. If you found them, enjoy them. They should have worked today. So I'm going to go get dinner. I've had the meatloaf sweats, my pores, you know. I come into a room and I smell like meatloaf right now. Hopefully tonight has a different special because I want something that's not a chicken sandwich and not a burger and not meatloaf. So we're going to find out. This is, um, this week has given me the meat sweats. All right, third night in a row, we're here at the bar. Met somebody who's been on the podcast, Mike from Fly Shack. Do you want to say hi? Uh, hi. What brings you to town? I'm in town here with uh, my Sims rep. He's uh, going over the Fall 24 product line so we can make some purchasing decisions. Anything or new innovations you're looking forward to? Uh, I probably shouldn't say, uh, but uh, as always, they're innovating and making great stuff. And their hats are too nice. I see a lot of Sims hats in here tonight. A couple Sage hats, too. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of hats, but uh, I always wear the fly shack hat. Of course. And <laughs> do you get a chance to fish while you're here? I, usually, but uh, this time, uh, unfortunately, I uh, have to get home for a doctor's appointment in the morning, so uh, I can't. All right. And we'll see you in the winter at the show circuit? I, I wish I could. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the issue that I've been, I've been having some trouble with my foot, and okay. I, I didn't think I'd be physically up for the shows this year, hopefully okay. next year. All right. Where can listeners find you online to buy hooks and everything else? Uh, well, we're at www.flyshack.com. Thank you. Right. Thanks. Yeah, so what's the chance of that? I'm sitting there at the bar having a pint of cider, waiting on my, you guessed it, meatloaf to be delivered. And who? I just turn around and who do I see? It's Mike standing there with his Fly Shack hat. Again, I haven't seen Mike like Scott in three-something years since before the pandemic. And everyone looks a little different. Just, just, And also, you're seeing somebody in a bar out of context. I'm used to seeing Mike in his Fly Shack booth in the shows. So he sits down. We start talking. Fantastic conversation. I'm a little grimacing. My back's hurting me. And by now, my food's coming, and he's getting an appetizer. And, and Mike's telling stories. Growing up as an angler in New York, fishing all over New York. He's talking about Canada, brook trout. And he's talking about... Canadian salmon and his shop and we're talking hooks and my tying and just it was awesome it was really fun to have that little conversation just these things that happen maybe only up in Altmar I don't know but so far I've bumped into four people in the bar restaurant that I've known and I've landed two fish so my chances of going to New York and netting humans much better than my chance of going to New York and netting steelhead. And Jason ended up not landing any steelhead, so I didn't net anything for him. I didn't net anybody's fish this trip. Super weird. And it's wild that I'm 
just happened to bump into him. So he tells me all the stories and I say, Mike, I'm going to get you on this podcast. You're going to have your entire own episode at some point. And at that point I finished my meal and I'm full. I'm tired. And my back is screaming at me to get back to my room and do some stretching and lay it on the floor. So I'm going to recap a little bit of Mike now, but I'm headed back to my room. Another full belly of meatloaf, man. And I really wish they would bring their onion rings back. And that's my last night at the bar. And uh, I got to go finish up everything and get ready to go home. And if you're wondering, why didn't you interview Mike Moore? Well, I just honestly didn't think the audio was going to come out in that crowded of a bar with clanking drinks and people talking and etc. I'm pretty happy how the audio came out this time. So now let's go back to the room and find out what's going on for the rest of the evening. Well, 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 it is about 730. It's 35 degrees outside. Feels like 35, but I don't know because I'm inside. And you may not hear it by the sound of my voice, but I've got a case of the meatloaf sweats. So not only was I sitting down to enjoy my dinner, but Mike from the Fly Shack just happened to walk by. You've heard about Fly Shack for years of the podcast. It's about 90 plus percent of my hooks come from them, their Sabre brand. So that was Mike you just heard. I'm now back into my room. I'm going to crank out a couple more flies. I'm going to pack up. I might go pack my car and I'm going to get to bed early. The plan now is to leave from here 11, 12-ish maybe because I'm not going to go to my house, which requires me to drive on the Beltway and 270 to D.C. I'm going to go have dinner with my lovely girlfriend who I have not seen since Thursday night. So I will be driving down Route 15 mostly through Pennsylvania into New York. No, Pennsylvania into Maryland into Virginia. And then I will hit up Centerville on my way home. So I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But if I just get to tug on a steelhead and it tugs on my line, I'll be happy. If they eat one of my cool flies, I'll be happier. But just happy I got away for a couple days just to see what steelhead mojo I have left in me. And it's been fun. And I got to fish with producer Jason, which was pretty all right. Don't get to fish with him and see him as often as I'd like. It's 8.40 p.m. and it is raining outside. I am showered and cleaned up after a long day. I got a full belly and I tied... 12 to 15 chartreuse jig variety pheasanty stone flies, if you will. Replace the ones I lost yesterday. Those are now not intelligently in a small Ziploc bag like the flies I had this morning that I lost in my waders. I'll just try not to lose these tomorrow. Everything's packed. I'm ready to go. All I've got to do is check out in the morning. I got my red wagon so I can do one trip to the car. Then I'm going to go fish in town, do my errands, and leave. Yeah, so I'm packed. Trip is pretty much over. Hopefully I can get that tug tomorrow. So I was talking about earlier, but that's a wrap. I'll check in with you tomorrow, and we'll do time, temperature, and weather every couple hours until I hit that road. But I would not suggest tying flies on a radiator. Always bring a fly tying lamp with you. Make sure you have a battery operated one in case your cord doesn't reach. And always have a pedestal vice when traveling. Jason got lucky that there was a desk here he could see clamp onto. But pedestal vice is what you want for traveling. That's it. Good night. Good morning. It's 8.52. It's 39 degrees out, feels like 34, humidity 80%, so that's not gonna be comfortable. Dew point 34, winds at seven. I'm all packed up, I'm ready to go. I've double checked the room, make sure there's no hooks and beads on the floor. Didn't leave anything behind. I put on some of my layers and went down to the lobby to check out and it was extremely cold just walking down there. So I'm thinking I need to wear extra layers today. I'm gonna go fish for two hours and roll out. My back feels great. If it starts to hurt, I'm just going to stop fishing because I don't want to be driving six and a half hours with a possible 45-minute detour in Syracuse for a bridge replacement on my way back south past the Mason and Dixon line into northern Virginia. 
do not want to have an uncomfortable ride. So I'm ready to go swing some flies for about two hours. I'm not sure if I'm going to go to Scott's Fishing Hole or my favorite spot in town, but it's nice. I don't have to bring my stove and other gear. I can just bring my backpack, the flies I tied last night, and a couple of things, and I'm good to go. So I'm going to start layering up, and I will check in with everybody once I'm down on the river. It's gloomy. It's overcast. I'm pretty sure it rained all morning, and maybe that'll help the fish. I mean, that makes stripers back home bite the large mouth like a cloudy day shad like a cloudy day maybe the steelhead are gonna like a cloudy day so i am gonna layer up and roll on out of here and have some maybe last steelheading fun before it's time to go back to the real world yeah that's about it for now It's about 10:15 in the morning. I'm calling it. It's beautiful down here. There's the peaceful, calm sound of rushing water. There's no anglers. There's no boats. It's just me. I don't know if they're fishing here. There are no other anglers down here, so I don't know if fish are moving through because no one's hooking fish. It's just myself, a shoe in a tree, seagulls, and a couple of black melanistic squirrels. So I'm calling it. I'm cold. I'm wearing fewer layers because I'm gonna be driving and all I just got to do is take off my waders and drive. And I threw chartreuse flies, nothing, intruder, nothing, crystal meth, nothing, lost a bunch of flies on the bottom. And then I just decided it's time to go home and, and get back to life. So my adventure up here should be over unless something unexpected happens on the drive home. I'm gonna go run some errands in town, head down to Taco Bell, Hopefully not get stuck in traffic in Syracuse and make it home in time for dinner. My fingertips are cold. My nose is cold. It's windier down here. And I'm just not willing to do this for another hour or so. My back's a little achy. So that's it. I'm going to leave you with this peaceful sound of the Salmon River flowing through town. I made my way out of the river up to the parking lot. The ground was pretty frozen, didn't have to worry about getting my socks too muddy. Took off my waders, my layers, threw some Crocs on, turned on my electric vest, and I drove over to the Colossus Cheese Shop. I loaded up on a whole bunch of cheese. I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year, so I need some appetizers. And I got my girlfriend some maple cotton candy. She has a sweet tooth, and I thought that would be nice for her. And then I went over to the grocery store and I got some local apples and some barbecue sauce and some other things you can't get down in Northern Virginia. And I made my way back towards 81 South. Well, I'm in the home stretch. How do I know I'm close to DC? Well, I started seeing stickers that say, student driver, please be patient. And the other bumper sticker you see all around here are blue crab outlines. So now I know I am close to home. It's been a fairly uneventful drive home. I hit that Taco Bell about 25 minutes south of Pulaski. Got myself a couple of tacos and a burrito. Washed it down with a can of Coke I had in my car that was super ice cold from being in there all night. And then all those tacos started breaking down into me and I got a little sleepy after a long couple of days of fishing. So I pulled over at a Burger King somewhere and just crawled between the two seats into the back and just laid down with my heated vest on for about 25 minutes. Got a little shut eye and got back on the road. And it's been mostly uneventful since then. It was really dark and raining most of the drive. And then I got to Wilkesbury and the sky just opened up. It was crazy bright and sunny. And the sunset was definitely not pleasant to be driving through. I had to have sunglasses on and my visor. So that sums up the rest of the actual road trip. I will have for you a post-mortem of my thoughts, gear that worked, gear that didn't, things I lost, things I found. What might I change the next time? So steelhead season, 2023 has officially come to a close. I just wish this place was closer. I really, really wish. I got six years left in my house, so who knows where I may be in six years. Will it be the Salmon River? Probably not. I can't handle the cold, but it's going to be near some salmonids. 
All right, I've got 16 miles left to go. It's 614 right now. Let's do a temperature check, see if it warmed up down here. Drum roll, please. Oh, let's sit for Altmar, New York. I want follow me. Drum roll, please, as I'm approaching Dulles Airport. 50 degrees, that's not much warmer than fishing weather. Well, that's it for me. I'm gonna go have dinner. Our friend Matt just got laid off from work, so we're gonna go celebrate. Hopefully, they don't have meatloaf on the menu for dinner tonight. If you're wondering what I got for dinner, I got all-you-can-eat boneless wings, and they got different sauces. So I did Korean, honey garlic, uh, spicy something or other, ranch on the side, blue cheese. It was good. I'm back home. I'm unpacked. The house has been cleaned. So much stuff has been straightened and organized. I've got Caitlin's family coming. I got my family coming. We're going to have a huge smoked turkey and a bunch of sides. And it's going to be an awesome second half of November. I pretty much run out of time. So what we're going to do next for the third part is going to be my post-mortem, my summary of the whole thing, the gear and stuff that worked, the gear and stuff that didn't work. And that'll just lead me into a gear guide for the holidays for 2023. I'm sure based on this podcast, you're going to figure out a couple things I'm going to suggest for everybody to buy. But that is it. Thank you for downloading the second part of the Salmon River Steelhead Trip for 2023. Enjoy yourselves, and we're going to listen to this outro music. Take care. Be safe. Call your mom. Wash your hands. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowway.com. This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com.